You're listening to The Dworkin Report. I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. Today's agreement by the DOJ and the House Judiciary Committee for the former to turn over to the latter the concrete evidence of President Trump's transgressions is a major milestone. Combined with public hearings, Trump's impeachment trial is just beginning. Speaker Pelosi has calmly told the American people for the last couple of months that she would, quote, follow the facts and that she would, quote, know what path we're on and it appears that strategy is about to bear fruit. It's a hard case to prosecute in front of the American people because half of the jury is living in a conservative media bubble. So, today's good news marks the second accommodation to release Mueller report materials to Congress in just the last three weeks. Last month, the House Intelligence Committee issued a bipartisan subpoena of the intelligence materials and underlying evidence primarily about Russia's attacks on our election, which formed Volume 1 of the Mueller report. At the time, House Intel Chairman Schiff noted Riley that even his panel's ranking member, the contemptuously vile Devin Nunes, a man haunted by a fictional cow, who you can follow on Twitter at Devin Cow, demanded access to the full Mueller report and counterintelligence investigation for, quote, other reasons. The DOJ reached an accommodation with House Intel Committee Chairman Adam Schiff on May 22nd. This week, the committee will start holding public hearings about the counterintelligence ramifications of the special counsel's investigation. We spoke with Representative Steve Cohen at the start of the year, 159 days ago, and he told us that we'd see an impeachment hearing under another name. We didn't know he'd make Saturday Night Live between here and there, but we made it. Here we are. Hearings starting, following the facts, impeachment looms visibly on the horizon. Call it Speaker Pelosi's patient strategy for dealing with America's first hardened criminal president, no man in America is above the law. And the Speaker said last week that she wants to see him tried before a jury of his peers and based on her personal opinion, convicted for what he has done in office and held accountable like any other American would be. But to build the case, you need facts. Today's deal with the DOJ will get a whole lot more facts from the Mueller report in front of Congress. It's one small step for House Judiciary, whose legal team of Obama's former ethics counsel and head of crew, Norm Eisen, and criminal defense lawyer Barry Burke, and one giant leap closer to the House commencing a formal impeachment inquiry and going down the path towards holding the president accountable. Those two lawyers are the reason that Attorney General Bill Barr was afraid of coming before the House Judiciary Committee and answering their questions. That is one of the main reasons that we are here today. After months of stonewalling, the Department of Justice caved in most of Chairman Gerald Nadler's demands to turn over crucial evidence of obstruction of justice, witness tampering, and the Mueller report's many sworn interviews about Donald Trump's entirely impeachable offenses inside of the Mueller report's materials. It's not just a 448-page report that most Americans haven't read yet. It's a tome of hard evidence, sworn testimony, things that people have told Mueller that they will have to repeat to Congress. Imagine what the special counsel offices did as completing the discovery phase of the trial. They did the depositions and requests for records, and they chewed through all of it and spit out this great, 
448-page report about what they found. But what they found is a story of people, from people, about people, and if you're not sure what's most important about that, it is that it is by people. If this were a trial, we just passed the summary judgment phase without a decisive win. Even though any rational judge would have ruled that Trump broke the law already, but politics and the court of public opinion don't work that way. And now, our Congress is left to decide if we want to go forward to trial. There's a tactical advantage to the House holding all the cards as to scheduling from now onward. Democrats only took the House back 158 days ago. But in news years, it feels like 15.8 years. In the first 158 days of Speaker Pelosi's term, she has never held control of the calendar quite like she does today. Mueller spoke in public, he broke the surface tension that Barr generated with his misleading letters, and now, now that the House Judiciary will get these records, hopefully soon, the pace of proceedings will accelerate inexorably towards one conclusion, and only one conclusion. There are no more shoes left to drop from inside the Mueller report. Now, they're all inside the evidence. Who said what? What damning details did they reveal? Who will be hauled in front of Congress and questioned? Well, Chairman Nadler's dignified response can best be translated from Washington to the rest of the country as, Woohoo! The House Judiciary Chairman said, I am pleased to announce that the DOJ has agreed to begin complying with our committee's subpoena by opening Robert Mueller's most important files to us, providing us with key evidence that a special counsel used to assess whether the president and others obstructed justice or were engaged in other misconduct. The department will share the first of these documents with us later today. These documents will allow us to perform our constitutional duties and decide how to respond to the allegations laid out against the president by the special counsel. This episode of the Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. It is really quite a stunning reversal for President Trump just over one month after he and Barr wrongly claimed that the entire Mueller report was exempt from disclosure to Congress under the doctrine of executive privilege. Executive privilege is a very narrow exemption to the White House's requirements to comply with subpoenas from the courts, protecting presidential deliberations and communications, especially about national security, from disclosure. If Trump were to say, refuse to provide his U.S. Trade Representative Ambassador Robert Lighthizer to Congress for testimony about his recent Mexican tariff threat slash swindle, he could have a good argument that those deliberative communications were privileged and had to do with national security. Trump attempted to derail the proper administration of justice by doing some very specific acts clearly outside the scope of his actual official duties. Those are the crimes that we learned about from Mueller's report alone. For example, sending his former campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, off with a written message to try and block the investigation. Will every former head of a Trump campaign go to jail, I sometimes wonder? 
a former counsel to the House Judiciary Committee, called Trump's claims of privilege as bogus as Nixon's. Michael Conway wrote this in NBC's Think. President Donald Trump borrowed from President Richard Nixon's failed Watergate playbook on Wednesday by invoking a sweeping claim of executive privilege, seeking to withhold from Congress the unredacted report of special counsel Robert Mueller and its underlying evidence. Trump's legally flimsy privilege claim was asserted as a justification for Barr's noncompliance with the House Judiciary Committee's subpoena for the report and evidence. But history suggests that it won't work. First, if challenging court, Trump's belated invocation of executive privilege after several of his key aides had already testified in Mueller's probe is doomed to failure because of aspects of their testimony are already public in the redacted Mueller report. And executive privilege, according to the Supreme Court, is designed to protect candid, private conversations between the president and his advisors. Prior to taking office, Trump was not president, and the Mueller report covers a significant period of time before his inauguration. Furthermore, Trump's privilege claim seeks to withhold the testimony of every witness cited in Mueller's report, but the footnotes in Mueller's redacted report identify multiple witnesses who never worked in the administration. Mr. Conway is right. And Trump's legally weak excuses are on the breaking point against the sharp axe that Congress is grinding into his tepid administration's soft underbelly, its horrifying relationship with Russia amongst many foreign powers led by dictators. Paul Manafort may go down in the effort, but Trump is the ultimate expression of his torturer's lobby of the 1980s and the GOP's power-at-all-costs political mindset. The House of Representatives was planning on holding a criminal contempt of Congress vote tomorrow in order to hold Attorney General Bill Barr in contempt for refusing compulsory process to turn over unredacted report and materials, but that is now canceled. And regardless of today's agreement between the DOJ and Rep. Nadler's committee, the House is still planning contempt citation vote tomorrow against Attorney General Bill Barr, but only for civil contempt for his refusal to provide many other records sought by the House. Tomorrow's pending sanction is still going to land against Barr because the Trump administration is trying to add a citizenship question to the next census for purely racist political advantage to quote-unquote white Republicans. Both Bill Barr and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross refused to provide Congress with more records about their dubious plan to tilt the census against communities of color, Latinos, immigrants, peoples with green cards even. Florida's newest Trumpiest Senator Rick Scott the multi-billion dollar Medicare fraudster, actually went on TV and bragged that the census question would hurt his home state financially because he knew it would hamstring largely Democratic voters in the fourth most populous state. The Trump administration has held Congress in utter contempt for the last 158 days now. For the last 33 days, Trump has been walking firmly in the shoes of disgraced former Republican President Richard Milhouse Nixon, except that Nixon was wildly popular before the Watergate hearings began. Trump is the most unpopular president in the history of the modern White House. Nixon's approval ratings plummeted from the mid-60s when he started the drug war and demonized minorities and protesters, then bottomed out with a low in the mid-20s after his crimes of office were revealed. Trump doesn't have, and never will have, Richard Nixon's level of support. But he's just a few hearings away from finding his support resembling Tricky Dick's bottom, And with the 2020 election looming 16 months away, along with control of the Senate and its 22 GOP-held seats swaying in the balance, 
maybe, just maybe, Mitch McConnell's faction will finally drop support for he and his instrument, President Donald Trump. Nixon's GOP only let go when his polling numbers bottomed out. It's hard to imagine the self-interested Senate Republican caucus sticking around if the same thing happens to Trump. After they were threatening open revolt last month over the president's half-cocked tariff threats against Mexico. We are talking about a person who ran for president as a giant PR stunt, then knew that his Russian friends, including those close to the government and from Putin's regime, were openly getting into the race to help him. That's who Donald Trump is. The resistance has been relentless in seeking justice, seeking the rule of law, and to hold Trump and his administration, his cronies, and his party accountable. Resistors have been restless about the legal fights it takes just to get a few documents from the special counsel's report we the people demanded just two years ago. Unlike when Democrats are in charge, doing the honest work of the people, even if we did have a president with some real personal failings, when Republicans hold the cards, it's all about using power to perpetuate abuses in the service of the accumulation of power, money, wealth, fame, fortune, or whatever else floats their boat. Yet still, even the most militant people in the resistance have stuck by Speaker Pelosi. And now, today, finally, it looks like we have taken a tremendous leap towards accomplishing our goals of justice, accountability, and upholding our country's constitution. That's the path we're on. Will it lead to impeachment or just Trump's departure like what happened with President Nixon? Time will tell, but the time looks like it is coming. <laughs>